0: The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2
1: on 6.30 Chad. You've heard it in the newscast today. Canadians who have never had a heart attack or stroke but are taking aspirin in an effort to prevent one should stop. New research from the U of A says unless you've already had a... Heart attack or stroke, you may be increasing your risk of major internal bleeding. The study was co-authored by Dr. Michael Kolber with the Department of Family Medicine at the U of A. And uh, Dr. Colbert, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Oh,
0: thanks for having
1: us. All right, I'm guessing it's uh, it's been a pretty uh, it's been a pretty busy day for you. As soon as this media release went out, I can tell you that it had our newsroom talking. I mean, people have been taking aspirin what since the '90s to prevent heart issues.
0: Yes, yeah. Initial uh, information or research came out uh, late eighties, early nineties, and we thought uh, that it would probably made sense to encourage patients over the age of fifty who have not had a heart attack or stroke to take an aspirin to prevent a future heart attack or stroke.
1: All right, and so for for uh, a couple of decades, folks have been doing this, and uh, you and a colleague decided to look in, uh, look at it closer. Why was that? Why did you si- decide to say, "Hey, you know, we need to we need to look at this."
0: Well, we, we need to look at it because when you actually look back at the original studies, the, the original studies were actually flawed, and some of the flaws would include would include the types of patients included. So they actually included either physicians or nurses, which are not generalizable to our population. They also actually had a run-in, which patients were people that would potentially could go in the study were given an aspirin, and if they had problems with bleeding or problems with adverse events-related aspirin, they were not... In- To continue the study or go into the study, and then finally they actually stop studies early. If one study found a benefit, the other studies kind of said, "Well, we think we have our answer," and then we closed it. And so, if the devil's in the details, and we thought that the evidence evidence did support taking an aspirin to prevent future heart attacks and stroke, and so therefore we've had a generation of of patients that we as clinicians have encouraged to take an aspirin based on that evidence, and it's resulted in about forty percent of patients over the age of fifty. Taking an aspirin, majority of them who've not had a heart attack or stroke. So we thought this is an important uh, health intervention to look at, considering the past uh, flawed information and the magnitude of how many people are taking aspirin.
1: And so, what's the impact on on those folks who are taking an aspirin who haven't had a a heart episode? Um, You know, what is the impact on those people? What you know, why should why why should they stop taking it?
0: Well, these three large studies. Uh, were in the range of twelve to 17,000 patients in a multiple uh, different jurisdictions. And actually, were, these patients were randomized to, to take an aspirin or a placebo pill. So not to stop the aspirin, but to take an aspirin or a placebo pill. And they followed them for five to seven years, irrespective of if they were just moderate cardiovascular risk, so just kind of general mm-hmm. Canadians. If they're diabetic, there was another study. And the other study was elderly patients with a mean age of about 74 all three studies showed that if there was any potential benefit of, of potential decrease of a future heart attack or stroke, it was offset by the risk of a major, uh, GI, major bleed, often gastrointestinal bleeding. And these major bleeds are not small bleeds. These bleeds are for which a patient has to go to the hospital, have an intervention like a blood transfusion, and or surgery or or endoscopic or telescope uh, intervention. So any potential benefits, and only one study showed a decrease in a future heart attack or stroke, Hmm. but that was offset in all three studies by an increase of major bleeding. Two out of the three studies showed no difference in mortality, and one study actually showed if you're on aspirin, you were increased uh, likelihood of dying or you died sooner.
1: Yeah, and, and wasn't there was there was some uh, there were some cancer increases as well in, in one of them. Yeah,
0: so it was hypothesized. One of the first studies that came out uh, was they, said, they hypothesized that well, maybe we just didn't look at the right population, and we really start, strongly believe the authors strongly believed that future uh, cancers and or cancer deaths would be decreased. But the subsequent studies looked at that and found no difference in cancer, no difference in cancer
1: death. Mm, okay, um, that that internal bleeding. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> we, we've 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 talked in the past, and we know that um, aspirin and 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 different drugs can be hard on your stomach. Um, I'm thinking, you know, one aspirin a day really can it cause that much damage?
0: You, you know, I think it obviously depends on the individual, and the person. So this is a group of large number of people, and you often have to study a large number of people. To find adverse events in a large number of people for a large period of time, long period of time. And so you're right, you think that baby aspirin is safer because it's a smaller dose, but, that's, but the evidence on that isn't that strong either. So really, a baby aspirin is probably as harmful as a regular 325 aspirin.
1: Well, interesting. Dr. Mike Colbert joining me this afternoon. So, how many Albertans who've never had a, a cardiovascular event are taking aspirin as a preventative measure uh, right now, do you believe?
0: Yeah, so we did a study a few years ago and we actually looked at both rural and urban populations and we actually found that 40% of patients over the age of 50 were taking an aspirin and the majority of them were taking it to prevent a first-time heart attack or stroke. On the flip side of that, we actually found patients that do have do have heart disease or a previous stroke that actually some of those patients are not taking aspirin. <laughs> and for those patients, the evidence does support that the potential benefits outweigh the potential harms, So we find a bit of an aspirin gap where people who probably don't need it are taking it, and those that really should take it aren't taking it. That evidence uh, for the 40% is actually been extrapolated, or is- Similarly reported across North America. Every time we look at the, every time it's been looked at, forty to fifty percent of the patients over the age of fifty are taking aspirin, and the majority of them for primary cardiovascular prevention.
1: So, doctor, I mean, just to, just to be clear, so if someone's just tuning in right now and thinking, "Oh my gosh, I've been taking aspirin for baby aspirin for ten years or whatever," again, let's break it down. If you have never had a, a heart uh, issue, a cardiovascular issue, um, there's no need to be taking aspirin according to your studies?
0: According to the synthesis of the three largest and best and this is the greatest evidence that will ever come to answer this question. I don't think there'll be any future studies based on this. I think that if you're comfortable, if you look at the evidence and you're comfortable incorporating evidence into your own clinical decision making, I think that if you have not had a heart attack or stroke, that the likelihood of getting any benefit is likely offset by the potential harm. And so if you're comfortable with that, I would encourage you to stop taking the aspirin. It, I would also encourage patients have had a That's previous uh, negative consequence related to aspirin, a bleed, that, that kind of stuff If they really have not had heart disease before to also consider coming off of it. And if you're really not sure whether you've had an event before or not and you really wish to talk to a healthcare professional, that's what we're there for and we're very happy to, <laughs> to, to have that discussion
1: i i, I mean I, I think this is going to turn some people right on their heads and and maybe um you know the 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 health i don't want to say industry but um you know doctors all the way across i mean this is this has kind of been standard practice for quite some time
0: you, you know it, it has um, and again the devil's in the details and, and even though we knew that these studies were were long ago reported sometimes it's really hard to change a generation of well you said it was good for us 20 years ago how can change changing and I think that's the beauty of medicine is when better evidence does come out it's our job to to simplify it, uh, synthesize it and then disseminate it so, so both patients and uh, healthcare professionals can make a uh, shared informed decision-making to the benefit of their patients.
1: Uh, doctor, if no to aspirin, um, and I'm going to ask you this, um, knowing knowing the answer but knowing that a lot of folks, um, I think, would rather take an aspirin than maybe cut back salt, maybe lose a, a bit of uh, a weight, if no to aspirin, what can we do for preventative measures? Yeah, so, so the evidence is
0: more strongly supportive of, um, non some of the non-pharmacological interventions, and even some pharmacological interventions. So, if you're not physically active, being physically active does uh, decrease future cardiovascular events. Uh, if you're if you're smoking, stopping smoking, or obviously never smoking in the first place, having your blood pressure checked, and if needed to be treated, is reasonable. Uh, Mediterranean diet, so uh, extra virgin olive oil, nuts, veggies, and fish. Uh, that kind of that kind of diet actually has better evidence to prevent a future. A cardiovascular event for those who have not had one in the past, and then finally, uh, a cl- cholesterol-lowering medication like the class called statins. Uh, the evidence actually is stronger uh, to consider taking a, that kind of medication if your f- if uh, after talking with your physician, if your future cardiovascular uh, risk is at a mm. at a level that you may want uh, that you may wish to have a uh, cholesterol-lowering pill.
1: You know, it's uh, interesting. Talked to a woman the other day, Doctor Colbert, who was like thirty nine years old and she, she had a stroke. She was an ultra marathoner. She was in, in great health, uh, but had a stroke and it just kind of it waved the flag, like this big red flag in front of, of of my eyes about, you know, being aware of blood pressure, being aware of things like how much salt I'm putting into to my body, how much exercise I'm not doing. I mean all of the all of those things. It was a real eye opener and, and a, again a, a reminder that it can happen to anybody.
0: Yes, no, I think that's very fair. And I think it's also fair to say that there are, there are obviously there are individual cases. And again, we're, we're trying to synthesize best evidence. So if you take a thousand patients
1: yeah. and
0: half of them go on aspirin, half go on a placebo pill, this is what the best evidence shows at this time. Uh, that being said, you bet. There are there are one offs, and there's people. And individual people have to make take this information and, and make the best decision for
1: themselves. Yeah. One more question, and it's coming in via the text line, and it's uh, there's a couple of them here. People wondering about um, taking aspirin if diabetic. Uh, with yeah, situations.
0: So, yeah. Very good question, Jaylin. So one of the subgroups, one of the studies, ex- exclusively looked at diabetics. Mm-hmm. So again, they took fifteen thousand diabetics, randomized them to take an aspirin. Or a placebo pill and then follow them for five or six years and again for them they that group they found a one percent absolute decrease in cardiovascular events mm. but that was offset by a one percent absolute increase <laughs> in major gi bleeding and mortality was the same
1: oh interesting so at the end of the day if you have any questions talk to your doctor um but uh you can read more uh, about this uh very interesting dr kolber um, you're gonna have people talking for a while i think on this one <laughs>
0: Well, we just hope that they uh, use the best information to make a a, a well-informed decision for the betterment of themselves.
1: I appreciate you taking the time this afternoon. Thank you
0: so much.